Hello and welcome everyone to Devour the Podcast. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Listen, asshole! No, you listen, you little bitch! You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish! Who died in my jeep? Fucking king of the zombies. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Hey, everybody, welcome back to Devour the Podcast. Uh, I didn't mean to scare you feel like it was a little loud on that hey right um so uh this is sort of what we were doing last month only um i'm only doing one of these instead of one a week but uh combined with everything else that's coming up i feel like this will be a, a little holdover in the schedule of devour the podcast stuff as we're uh as we're moving forward with with some different ideas of uh of shows to bring you so anywho um, what is this? This is just about me and you chit-chatting about what I've been watching, uh, some, some random thoughts, some scores, uh, on some movies that I've been watching. And, um, I wanted to, to go about this with a little bit of a theme, uh, but I'll get to that in a minute. I'll, I'll start with some off theme, some off brand devour the podcast review in here. Um, and so I caught up with this anthology uh, called Watch If You Dare, which, I mean, if you're going to name a movie Watch If You Dare, you got to bring it. Uh, you are inviting a lot of low-hanging fruit-style jokes that I will not engage in here. But, you know, just be careful. It's like, you know, naming your child Mulva, I suppose. It's just not a good idea. At any rate, watch if you dare. Uh, it's from this year, 2018. Um, it is, uh, like I said, it's an anthology film. One of the uh, anthology segments is called The Stylist, and it premiered um, or appeared, not sure if it premiered there, appeared on the Shutter service uh, recently and as, you know, one of the short films you can find there. And I'd seen it there already, and it was it was cool. It's a fun little short. But I, I think, okay, so there's, uh, there's the stylist, there is foodies, knob goblins, and ink are the, uh, the four segments. And I think they get kind of worse as the movie goes on. I think the stylist is kind of the best of the bunch, um, which I understand why to put your best foot forward in a movie like this, but you also want to, you know, end with a bang and it really doesn't, or it didn't for me, you know? Again, all your mileage may vary, but uh, uh, I did not uh, think that uh, overall, like the foodie segment, like you know where that's headed early on. It's a kind of this, you know, winky cannibalism story, um, and yeah, I mean it's it it's kind of the horror comedy of the bunch, and it's not that funny. Um, the knob goblins thing is just super weird. Oh, here's one thing I will say about uh, about watch if you dare is that the practical effects work in it is pretty good, and you know it was at the end of the day it's not the worst anthology I've ever seen. There are plenty of of worse to be found. Um, and like I said, the stylist is pretty good. But if you've already seen that on on Shutter then I don't know that you need to watch the others here. I think I do think that is the best of them. But if you like horror anthologies, hey, you know, vote with your dollar, I say. Uh, rent, watch if you dare, or just watch it streaming. I think they get, you know, a third of a penny, something like that, every time you watch it on streaming. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it, one of those things that a lot of these are uh, uh, movies, what you can watch for yourself on the streaming services. And uh, Watch a Few Dare is certainly in that category. It's on Amazon Prime now, at the very least. It might be on Hulu as well. Um, at any rate, yeah, uh, like I said, if you like horror anthologies, you can do worse. I'm going to give it two stars. I think it's not the worst thing in the world, but eh, uh, I got a little a little bored with it. Um, and, and it 
boy, you know, when comedy falls flat, it, it lands with a thud sometimes. And that's some of the jokes in, uh, the, the sillier, uh, films in the watch if you dare, um, uh, collection. So anyway, two stars, watch if you dare. <laughs> like I said, I'm not going to make a pun off the title. Uh, not going to do a spin on that. You're welcome to do your own. It's not hard to mad libs that I would say, eh, watch if you like horror anthologies that maybe are on the other side of the bell curve. Those people for whom <laughs> only a horror anthology will do, I suppose. Anyway, that's stupid. Let's move on. Um, I also watched, uh, Death Race Beyond Anarchy. Um, and yeah, here's, uh, here's the trailer for that. Death Race is for sociopathic killers. You gotta have gravel in your guts. You have to live with the smell of motor oil and high octane fuel. You gotta love the sound of rubber on asphalt. The taste of blood in your mouth. And the sound of bullets whizzing past your head. You made it that stuff. If I'm not, then I die, right? <laughs> the containment zone warehouses 200,000 of the worst. There are two options. Die or survive. Death Race gives anyone the opportunity to become king. Do you think you can handle being king of this mountain? I'm just here to race. Driving is more important than killing. Think slow, drive fast. Come on, kid! Don't let me down! You gotta win this race! Okay, so Death Race Beyond Anarchy is um, came out this year as well. Uh, I believe it's on Netflix is where I saw this uh, at no charge for, to myself beyond the subscription cost. Uh, directed by Don Michael Paul, um, who you may know from other films like The Scorpion King, Book of Souls, and Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell, all of which came out this year. Like, this guy's a real, like, journeyman Roger Corman-esque director. Um, I watched part of Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. I almost included it on this list, but I was really only half-ass watching it. Uh, so I, I didn't feel like... It's one of those things, I don't know if you guys are, are like me, in that sometimes you get distracted when you're watching a movie, especially if it's not, uh, let's say, of uh, a certain caliber. And you, you start fooling around on your phone or your tablet or whatever. Next thing you know, the movie's half over and you're like, who the fuck is this guy again? Ah, whatever. This doesn't seem very good. That's where I landed with uh, that Tremors Cold Day in Hell movie. And I like Tremors a lot. Don't get me wrong. I think the first Tremors is incredible. I've seen most, if not all of the sequels. But, you know, by the time you get to the ones where it's just uh, Family Tie Zone, Michael Gross killing graboids they're not great movies uh even as b movies they're just kind of kind of thin on entertainment let's say so yeah so now i got this movie and i'm trying to decide if i want to go back and and like really watch it but i don't know me and trimmers and uh, a cold day in hell may have a, a a a fractured relationship at best anyway back to death race i only mention it because don michael paul uh, directed both of these films. I would say Death Race Beyond Anarchy is better based on uh, the fact that there's a little bit more of a cast in that Danny Glover is in it. And he, like, he's an actor. I feel so bad that he's doing this level of film because uh, clearly he needs the money, maybe. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends. I, I don't know. I just, I wish he were in more stuff and better stuff. At any rate, 
Um, the the plot is summarized thusly: uh, After an attack on inmate Frankenstein, Frankenstein fails a black ops specialist. Uh, fails, comma a black ops specialist enters the maximum prison to join the illegal death race and take down Frankenstein. Um, so instead of this being like a cross country kill a bunch of people kind of race, uh, like the original death race, this is just a, an escape from New York island where like people do a lap around the island you know and that's it um but within this like prison colony frankenstein rules all and uh this guy busts in i don't know get somebody uh might as well have been the president but uh something to do with the president though i assure you um at any rate it's really it's as far as crappy direct to cable death ray sequels go i guess it's okay uh why on earth did i watch this i don't know uh i think it's because danny glover was in it but also danny treo and i know that those two pal around in movies now i don't know it's crazy to me but uh you know what are you gonna do uh i like to think that they're friends i i'm sure those conversations are just the best like danny glover spinning tales of uh, what it was like to work with Spielberg on the set of The Color Purple and Danny Trejo being like, you know, I hear he's nice. Um, <laughs> have you seen uh, Cartel 2084? I don't know. That's not really how he sounds. I can't. I, I don't have that kind of gruff voice like Danny Trejo. Um, at any rate. Uh, also, it was uh, at least the story was suggested by Paul W.S. Anderson. What does all those uh, Resident Evil movies? And yeah, it just, there was enough about it that, and I love death race, but ultimately that's the problem with these sequels, right? Is that they live in the shadow of a movie that's actually on the surface, very silly and violent and all that stuff underneath the hood though. It's, it's this really good satire and it's very funny. Um, and yeah, there's just a goofiness to it. That is wonderful. Like the, the scene I always hearken back to is where they're going by the hospital and it's like, Hey, if you get somebody in a wheelchair, that's double points. And like that kind of shit is so much fun and it's silly. And yeah, it's, you know, (laughs) it's a horrible uh, idea, but it's also that, you know, kind of punk rock anarchic, you know, damn the man kind of stuff. Whereas this movie just feels like generic action movie with cars. It, it, uh, there's as much, uh, like Road Warrior and Escape from New York in this movie as there is Death Race. And that's unfortunate because Death Race ought to be something. It ought to be, as a franchise, it ought to be kind of silly and it ought to be kind of fun and uh, certainly should have a, a bit of an edge to it. Not quite dark like The Purge, but with that kind of pointed political view because the original certainly did. So, at any rate... Um, as a movie, uh, you know, again, this is, let's just call it two stars, uh, to get the fuck out of, out of here with our skins with, uh, Death Race Beyond Anarchy. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I feel like this series ought to be good. I wish it were. Also, let's talk about a, uh, a movie called The Night Eats the World. Uh, here's, uh, the trailer for that one. You made it through everything. You probably thought you'd drop dead peacefully in your sleep. And then this happens. There's a cure.
So I, this is one from uh, this year as well, 2018. As a, you know, clearly people. I am starting to play catch up on uh, horror movies, what came out in 2018, to make sure that as I'm thinking about like putting together a top 10 list for the year, um, I'm not leaving out something important, right? Uh, got a couple of gaps, uh, big significant gaps that I, I need to shore up, but I'll, I'll do that over the next couple of days. Haven't seen Overlord yet, but uh, I certainly will. So anyway, that's what led me to the Night Eats the World, because there was some buzz around this movie about being... Yes, it's a zombie movie, but it's a really cool zombie movie, and it has a, a fresh take on things. And I feel like I'm late to the party or something on this one because I did not, in fact, uh, think that it was all that fresh, uh, a zombie story. Um, reminded me a little bit of, certainly not, <laughs> certainly not in terms of, of tone, but situationally reminded me a bit of like Rambach, that Berlin Undead film. Uh, I mean, any other siege movie. That's ultimately what a lot of these zombies movies are, right? It's you put people in a location, surround them with zombies, and watch them under pressure. And in this case, it is uh, just one dude. That's the premise of the movie. In fact, let's uh, give the synopsis, which is the morning after a party, a young man wakes up to find Paris invaded by zombies. Um Directed by Dominique Rocher, uh, who uh, directed um, something else in 2011 called uh, La Vitesse du Passé, um, which I I don't see a synopsis for. <clears throat> At any rate, so um, a lot of this falls on the shoulders of uh, the main actor, Anders Danielson Lee, or Lie, L-I-E. Um, and he is a uh, Norwegian uh, actor. And anyway, um, so like I said, because th this is a siege movie, but instead of a bunch of people in a farmhouse or whatnot, um, you have this one dude that's alone for the, the majority of the film. You know, it's sort of like that castaway problem, right? Like you have to have a main character that's incredibly engaging and that you want to uh, watch on screen, uh, sometimes wordlessly for a long period of time. And I don't know that, um, Mr. Danielson Lee or lie, um, had that kind of gravitas for me. Um, I thought he was okay, but again, that's a big ask of any actor. And I thought he was all right, but I didn't think he was great. And, and there were, some notes in that performance that maybe just struck me wrong. Um, and, and so I, I wasn't crazy about that. I'll tell you what I did like about uh night eats the world though, is I really liked the, the zombies themselves. I thought the fact that they were just kind of biting machines was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, it's not a movie that I love. Uh, I thought it was okay. You know, it's, it's a pretty breezy 90 minutes. Um, although, like I said, I, I think that there, there are moments where the film drags in a way that I wasn't crazy about, but I don't know, man. I like, I wanted to like it because so many people were like, I, I, what I wanted was a, a good old fashioned battery to come up on me. Right. Um, not, not necessarily the same kind of comedic, you know, indie gym, uh, but more of like, hey, here's a, a twist on the zombie film that maybe you haven't seen before. That's that's kind of cool and clever. And that's just not how Night Eats the World hit me. It it was like, oh yeah, the, I understand what you're going for here, and it it borrows quite a bit from like a 28 Days Later in terms of um in in pacing and tone in a lot of ways. Uh, so I think it has more to do with that than say the original night, the living dead or something, but I did think the zombies were neat and the way that they, you know, kind of led with their teeth and whatnot. I thought that was cool. Um, I, like I said, I wish the movie, uh, had connected with me the way it did with some people. Um, but I don't think it's terrible. You know, I, I think it's, uh, I think it is an above average zombie film. Um, and that's damning with faint praise, but that's because there's so goddamn many zombie movies that come out. You know, like this month, you know, there are a couple of zombie movies that hit shelves and I couldn't tell you the name of them. But if I looked up <laughs> November 2018 zombie movies, 
I bet you I come up with uh, a couple of releases. So that's, uh, like I said, that's kind of unfortunate, I feel. But uh, that being said, uh, The Night Eats the World, I would give it three stars. Um, It is, like I said, it is certainly above average, but I don't believe that, um, for me, it's a movie you need to go out of your way for if you're not... It, I'm just a little tired of the zombie subgenre right now. Uh, maybe it's because I've been watching that Walking Dead show a little bit more. And uh, what do I sound like my great uncle? That Walking Dead show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been kind of watching Walking Dead again. So I'm like, yeah, I kind of get my fill of zombie stuff uh, from this. So if there's not something special about your zombie movie. It's hard for me to really get behind it. And, uh, and in, in this case I did not, um, at any rate, uh, let's keep moving. And now we come to a little, uh, a little shuffle play, if you will, of a theme. In fact, I think I'm going to try to lean into this a little bit more, um, on the next episode, but, uh, I decided to, Grab a couple of movies, a couple of horror movies that take place on airplanes. You know, I started thinking about, can you, can you get away with a horror movie that has such a confined space? Like the confined space is partially one of the things that makes it a good idea, but also how many different things can you do on an airplane? So with movie wise, I mean, um, particularly horror movie wise, like your haunted airplanes, you got your snakes on your planes. You got uh, your killers on planes. You got your diseases on planes. Um, but it, they're all basically the same movie of, oh my God, we can't get away from this thing, whatever it is. So I start thinking, well, maybe I'm selling this short. And that's the reason I don't watch a lot of movies where uh, horrific things are happening on airplanes. Because I just don't know that it's going to be all that impressive. And at any rate, here is... A trio of movies where uh, bad shit goes down at 30,000 feet. A one, two, three punch of midair mayhem, uh, starting with a movie called Altitude. Here is the trailer for that. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You're not afraid to fly, are you? Beautiful, isn't it? Wow, this is amazing. You forget something? Just a comic book. Ooh, weird stories. Creepy. What's happening? We've got weather ahead, and I'm not instrument rated, so we'll have to climb above it. supposed to level off or something the elevator's not responding for some reason 20,000 feet that's impossible mayday 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 i think i have a problem here what the hell sir we need to go back but turn around now hey what the hell is going on there's a pilot get us out of it i don't know something's jammed but you're not going out there we'd sitting in here waiting to die oh, what the i saw something I'm the only one that's gone completely insane. It's uh, oxygen deprivation. What if we're just part of some big experiment, you know, like something to see how people react to stress? Both of you, stop it! This happened before and it's happening again. What the hell was that? It just appeared out of nowhere. Give me your hand! What are you doing? I'm not gonna let us die! So Altitude is from 2010. Uh, The synopsis is after a mysterious malfunction since their small plane climbing out of control, a rookie pilot and her four teenage friends find themselves trapped in a deadly showdown with a supernatural force. This is directed by Kara Andrews, K-A-A-R-E, who did segments for uh, ABCs of Death and directed Cabin Fever 3, Patient Zero, 
one of the more hilariously bad movies I've seen uh, in, in a while. So, um, Altitude came out in 2010. Uh, it stars Jessica Lowndes as Sarah Juliana Gill as Mel Gull? Gull? Hmm. Ryan Donahue as Corey. Landon LeBoiren as Bruce. Jake Weary as Sal and uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, so here's uh, the deal with this movie. Um, it It's a bunch of kids in, on a little charter plane. Uh, one of the girls is like, I've been taking lessons. I know how to fly. And she's going to take them to a party or some shit uh, instead of driving. And uh, like the synopsis suggests, uh, the plane gets stuck uh, because of a loose screw, gets stuck in a in a climb. And then weird shit starts to happen on the plane. Uh, like they start seeing some stuff and then they're straight up like tentacles bursting in the windows. I'm giving you spoilers on this one and I, I don't care cause you shouldn't watch this movie. Nothing happens for a real long time and the dialogue isn't very good. Um, it's, it's a tough watch is what I'm saying. And then, uh, some tentacles come busting in the window and it turns out, uh, one of the kids on board, uh, can manifest shit with his mind. And has a crush on one of the girls. And it's just... It reminds me a lot of the Billy Moomy Twilight Zone bit. Where he's the kid that can you know force anybody to do whatever. And change people into jack-in-the-boxes and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a real bummer uh, that the movie turns out to be like... Oh, here's just an evil X-Man on board this plane. That can manifest his anxieties and fears. And it's, it just doesn't pay off. It... It's one of those movies that I'm sure on paper seemed really cool and and seemed like a really good idea, but between execution and performance, and also I I just think some of the dialogue is is, is bad. Uh, a lot of very straightforward, like, well, let me tell you all about the problems I've got going on in my life right now. You know, between friends, like, there's nothing natural about it. Um, it's the the old uh, big chill litmus test of like, oh, does this actually seem like a group of friends hanging out? And and people who've known each other for a long time, and inform new information may come out between them, but it's not just going to be like I, I have some exposition exposition to deliver to you, Beverly. Um, here, here's what's going on with me and my father. I know we weren't talking about it, but, um, you know, it's that kind of stuff. And it's really, it, it hits the ear wrong. Like, you know, it when you're watching a movie and somebody says somebody, uh, something that's just out of the blue and you know, it's only there to progress the plot or drop some piece of information that's going to be needed later. And, uh, it's like somebody banging trash can lids together where you're just like, Oh, no, sir. That is not how people talk. There's a lot of that in altitude, unfortunately. Um, so I'm going to give it a star and a half. Uh, I don't think it's very good. The poster looks so good, though. The 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 case or whatever these days. The movie art, um, which was a little plane flying away from a bunch of tentacles trying to grab it. That looked pretty cool. It's not what the movie is. And uh, and what the movie is does not uh, make up for the promise of, of that pretty rad poster. Uh, shame on you, Altitude. Shame for teasing me with a tentacular monster in a plane. You kind of give that uh, to me, but it's it's too little too late, sir. I, I bid you good day, Altitude. I said good day! <laughs> Sorry. Um, our next connecting flight into terror, ladies and jelly spoons, is a movie entitled Flight 666. Here is the trailer for that one. Gentlemen, cabin crew, please remain seated. We're gonna have some rough air coming up. Projections are all over the place. This thing is following us. There's something out there. Excuse me. What's happening? Uh, it's it's just nerves. There's a lot of crazy, unseen shit going on in here. What is that? Something's not right, Brad. What the hell is going on right now? Revenge! What did you say? We just need to find the source. 
So Flight 666 uh, came out this year, 2018. Uh, it was directed by Rob Palatina, uh, who also directed such films as Alien Siege and Nazi Overlord. Um, Nazi Overlord actually sounds pretty good. But again, this is one of those things where like this guy directed like four movies this year. So, you know, good for you. I, I'm starting to get into this Nazi Overlord thing. Uh, it's a Tom Sizemore joint. Anyway... Um, <laughs> so the synopsis is passengers and crew on a flight are attacked by unseen forces that threaten all aboard. It stars Liz Finning as Alice Jose Rosette, I think, as Thad. Thad. Ugh, a terrible name for a character in a movie. Joseph Michael Harris as Captain Jack Hanstock. Almost a jock handstrip. Uh, jock... Hornstripe. Um, Greg Furman as Ryan. Clarissa Thibault as Danica. Shamar Philippe as Brandon. Jesse James D'Angelo as Liam. Renee Willett as Anna. Um, <laughs> enough of that. So, Flight 666 is... It opens with this weird, like, murder. Like a serial killer shot. Like It's, it's part um, seven... In the opening moments, which, by the way, you should not be calling to mind the movie Seven in 2018 if you're a, a filmmaker. Uh, this is just a little word to the wise. Um, Seven is awesome. We all agree. Seven kicks ass. But when your editing style is exactly like that of Seven, even for a minute, you're reminding me of the movie Seven, and there's no way this movie is going to be as good as that. Uh, even with little, you know, molesty uh, Kevin Spacey in it. So uh, we have this faux seven opening to flight 666, the flight of the beast. Um, and it, so weird goings on uh, start happening on the, uh, this plane. Like uh, all of a sudden, all the meals are uh, maggoty and rotten. And people start seeing, like, ghosts on the window and whatnot. And it's this mystery of, like, <laughs> pretty quickly they establish, hey, this plane is haunted as shit, so what are we going to do about it? And the idea uh, is that, well, th there must be some spirit. This is one of those things, movies where there's a, a bullshit expert that's like, well, my understanding is that ghosts sometimes attach themselves to objects. Maybe there is an object on this plane that is haunted. And so they start looking around for shit. And meanwhile, people are going missing and a dude has died on the plane and he's gone missing too. And, uh, buh, buh, it's, uh, or am I confused? I am confusing that. Oh my goodness. With a later movie, we'll get into that. Um, so yeah, flight six, 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 but there's a uh, spooky stuff happening. And there, there are times during the film where I'm like, there, there's some interesting concepts here in terms of the scares of like building the gag, but it doesn't really ever pay off very well. Um, it, it's a frustrating movie in that it's never really terrible. Like it's not a movie you can just break the, the forks and knives out on and, and dine on it for weeks or anything. It's just not very good. It's just a, a pretty, pretty average film, um, with not a ton of anything to really make it all that exceptional. Um, so we're going to give this the old two star treatment flight six, six, six. Uh, no, thank you. I'm getting off. At the next stop. <laughs> and the next stop is a movie that I actually kind of enjoy, uh, which is a, a movie called Flight of the Living Dead. Here's the trailer for that one. This virus is without a known vaccine or cure. They wanted this virus as a bioweapon. There's blood everywhere. To keep soldiers fighting after they were mortally wounded. This thing's not What's the deal with the special cargo? Top-level contractor shipment. Hey, yo, Tom. You're Peter's best friend. What if somebody sees us? Tony? 
Folks, <laughs> looks like it's trying to get a little bumpy. These things used to bother me. The weather? Oh, and we're going to be delayed getting into Paris. <laughs> Just had a temperature drop in the cargo. What have you brought on board? Yeah, open the door. Where's the doctor? They're dead. Oh my God! Right there. If you were right, no bites. Uh... Well, the recommendation was. Bam, hurt! You destroy it like two things. Help me! Boy, to meet your population. I have one. Get away. He's got to be one of these dogs. Frankie? Coming up. Flight of the Living Dead is a film from 2007. Um, almost 11 years old now. What a shame. Uh, it stars David Chisholm as Truman, Kristen Kerr as Megan, uh, fan favorite, uh, Devour the Podcast favorite, Kevin J. O'Connor as Frank. Um, you may know him from the film Deep Rising, and if you don't, shame on you. Get some Deep Rising in your life. Uh, Richard Tyson, Paul Judd. Uh, Eric, uh, Avari as Dr. Bennett, like he's a, an actor you, you'll actually know. Um, he was in Mr. Deeds. Uh, he was in the mummy. He was in Stargate. Um, he's a, a known actor and whatnot. So is Kevin J. O'Connor and actually, uh, Todd Babcock. Uh, is that the, the guy? No, 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 no. Um, Raymond J. Barry. Is one of the pilots who, if you if you watch Justified, he is Raylan's father uh, on Justified. So yeah, there's a lot of notice, notable actors uh, or you know notable character actors. I, I would say, which is the way I would always cast a movie. I've always thought that the way to do it is fuck a list actors, right? Like just stock it with character actors. Don't blow your wad on one guy. Get a bunch of little dudes that maybe aren't the most notable. Uh, actors in the movie but are holding it down that every one of them is good and that's what this movie kind of does uh which i respect um it is so the premise of it uh well here's the the summary a fellow scientist accidentally escapes containment uh aboard a plane during turbulence after she's gunned down by a security guard she reanimates as a zombie killing and infecting several passengers and crew members on board the flight. A U.S. federal air marshal, along with a police officer, a flight attendant, and a handful of survivors must ride out the horrific flight just long enough to stay alive. Um, <laughs> so Flight of the Living Dead is, uh, I think, a fun zombie monster movie. Unlike, like, I know this is the dichotomy of my life. Uh, I know uh, Night Eats the World is a better made movie. It is technically, uh, it is better shot. Uh, the music is better. Uh, <laughs> the, the lighting, the coloring, all of it. It is a better movie. But I would rather watch Flight of the Living Dead because the zombies are, you know, like yellow-eyed monsters that run around. And, like, they don't even seem to be eating people uh, to satiate any kind of hunger. It's just like, oh, we're just fucking biting people. They're like the purple Smurfs, just gnapping around, biting people in the ass. Anyway, uh, I love it. And uh, and there's a kind of a ferociousness to the, the zombies in this that I really like. Um, the, some of the makeup work, like a, it's a lot of practical stuff, and it looks pretty good. Um, it's cheap, sure. You know, this is a B-movie, but it's pretty fun. Um, Kevin J. O'Connor isn't given as much to do as I would like. Which, eh, you know, what are you going to do? I, I'm a fan of his. I think he's a really good actor. I wanted to see him a little snappier with his dialogue. And this, he's playing a little too aristocratic for my taste. I like him when he's, you know, punching up a little bit. 
Um, and maybe it's just because I want his character in Deep Rising to be in every movie. But at any rate, um, you know, is it a great movie? No, some of the performances aren't great. Uh, some of the dialogue is not great. Uh, you know, a common theme this episode. But there are enough good actors that are delivering those lines in a way that at least sell them a little bit more. And, you know, again, it goes to having good character actors in, uh, in your stuff. And it just kind of ends up being a really entertaining ride. Like, again, none of these movies are terribly long and this one's, uh, you know, in the, the median at about 94 minutes. And it's, it's a fun movie. It, it gets to the zombie stuff pretty quickly. There's a lot of like establishing scenes of people just like having those conversations. The same problem with the, the flight 666 and whatnot and altitude, uh, where it's just like, Hey, you know, I know we've known each other for some time, but let me just tell you all about my life and my, my dreams and hopes so that you can emotionally connect with me. Um, and it's not great, but most of the actors are good enough to get away with it. And, uh, uh, yeah, I just really dig it. Uh, I think it's really fun. Um, there's some good gore, uh, here and there in, in the movie as well. And, and it ends in a place that's like, there, there's a point where like some of the zombies go AWOL and you're like, well, wouldn't that be a problem later on? And sure enough, it, the movie does not let you down there. Uh, or at least in the sense that it acknowledges it. Um, so it, it's not a great movie, but it's also a really fun movie. And if you've never seen flight of the living dead, uh, you know, colon outbreak on a plane, um, I kind of recommend it. I'm going to give it three stars and say like, it's, it's a really good, dumb, fun monster movie. Like not, yes, it's a zombie movie, but it's also, it, it doesn't fit neatly in uh the night of the living dead style zombie it's more you know military virus stuff i mean they're zombies don't get me wrong but they're they're doing something a little bit uh interesting with it i think so at any rate all right enough fly the living dead i'm burying myself i know that somebody's at some point is going to bring it back to me that the fly of the living dead which i've on record have stated not a great movie really fun uh (laughs) That somebody's going to throw this in my face. And and when I complain about some, uh, you know, sh- should be classic horror film that everyone's going nuts for. And I'm like, I don't care for it. And people are like, yeah, you like Fly the Living Dead, asshole. Um, I mean, they're not wrong. Uh, I got, I'm a simple man of simple tastes. At any rate, let's, uh, let's take this segment in for a landing with... <laughs> with um, our last film of the night, and that's uh, Takashi Shimizu's uh, Flight 7500. Here's the trailer to that. Oh, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. Welcome aboard. LAX, this is Mr. Pacific 7500 Heavy. Looking to pick up clearance for Tokyo. Taxis waiting. Flight desk prepared for takeoff. Excuse me, all electronic devices must be turned off. Total urban myth, by the way. I guarantee you I leave this thing on. Nothing will happen. So kiss me and smile for See? Do you copy? Ah! I'm leaving on a 
Uh, as I said, uh, Flight 7500 came out in 2014, directed by Takashi Shimizu. Um, he did not uh, write it. It was uh, directed by uh, an American. Um, Shimizu, of course, if you are unfamiliar, is the guy who directed uh, The Grudge, the original Juan, as well as directed the um, uh, American version. Uh, and I, I continue to say, depending on which of those you saw first, that's the one you like best. Um, I can see both, uh, camps, uh, on, on that one. I think they're both fine films. Uh, I saw the Japanese one first and it scared the shit out of me. Still does. Uh, Shimizu's great. But, uh, so this, like, this looks pretty good because Shimizu is a pretty good director and it, it's a little bit classy, uh, in, in some of its shot selections and whatnot. Um, it stars Ryan Quantin from, uh, True Blood fame where he played the cousin brother, uh, to, to Suki, Suki, um, I don't know. Cousin, brother, brother, cousin, and there was sent in Louisiana. He could have been both. Um, Amy smart is Pia Martin. Leslie Bibb is, uh, Laura Baxter. One of the, uh, uh, the flight attendants, Jamie Chung is Susie Lee. Uh, same scout Taylor Compton of, uh, that Halloween movie fame. Um, the Rob zombie movie. Uh, I mean, uh, she's in it. Uh, as well uh, a lot of people in this movie uh turtle uh tur- from uh entourage is surprisingly likable but he has some real clunky dialogue like here's the thing shimizu's not great with is he doesn't have the ear for clunky american dialogue and flight 7500 is chock full of it it's real uneven there's um there's kind of a death scene early on in the movie and then everything goes quiet and we get some more exposition from everybody. Here's the thing I've learned about all these movies. There are long scenes of passengers talking to each other about their personal problems. And it's not all that entertaining. In fact, it almost never is. And so it, it, we have one of those sequences following this death sequence. That's kind of exciting. And, you know, the music's up and the editing's a lot faster and all that. And then nothing for a while. And then we have a kind of a ghost scare and then nothing for a while again. And then another little ghost scare. And it just takes so long. Like this movie is, uh, is quite the edge Lord when it comes to horror films. It's just always like, eh, we're about to get going. Nope, nope, nope. Everybody calm down. Hands. Uh, we're doing a hand check. Everybody raise your hand over your head. Make sure nothing, no funny business is happening. Okay, here's a ghost scare. All right, everybody, hands in the air. We're going to do about 10 minutes of dialogue now. And it just takes too long to get going. It's And it's another one of those movies where somebody's like, oh, I think I know what this is. Here's an evil spirit, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then uh, and it also ends up, uh, there's a, sort of a Shyamalan-esque ending where it's like, oh, here's what's been going on the whole time. And you're just like, ah, you can go to hell. How about that? Uh, instead of doing that ending, you just instead uh, suck a dick. That would probably be fine. Um, it's really a bummer. Flight 7500 ends so badly, so badly, that it it almost uh, blows your mind. So um, I would give Flight 7500... Oh, man, it pains me to do it. I love Shimizu so much. I just don't think this is a very good movie. I think it takes forever to get going. Um, and once it does get going, it ends in a place that that's incredibly frustrating and bad. Uh, so our final film on our, our airborne tour of horror is only going to get a scant star and a half. Um, so the real winner of our airborne uh, journey has been flight of the living dead, which seems crazy. Also, it's probably the movie of all the ones that I saw this week. It's probably the one I'd pass along to you and say, like, hey, open a beer, kick back, watch Fly of the Living Dead. You can do worse. It's 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 not a great movie, but it's fun. And uh and also Night Eats the World. Like if you want to see a real serious, you know, somber kind of zombie story, it's fine. Um it it just doesn't do anything unique for me. But, uh, and you know, fly the living dead's pretty good. Um, (laughs) can't, can't believe that I'm giving both of those the same rating. 
and one of them is clearly a better made movie. That's going to do it uh, for this little solo uh, tidbit, this morsel of Devour the Podcast, if you will. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening. We uh, appreciate it. You can drop me a line. Let me know, uh, you know, as we're kind of evolving and uh, trying to trying to have something for you to listen to uh, on a more regular basis. Um, you know, let, let us know what you want to hear. You can uh, find me um, by email at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. That's right, plural, uh, legionpodcasts.com. Uh, over on Twitter, at legionpodcasts. Um, you can find uh, the Facebook group, the Devour the Podcast Facebook group. Uh, you can always drop me a line there. Uh, just let us know, you know, what, what you're enjoying, uh, hopefully much of this. And um, if there's anything that you're like, hey, I would like to hear you talk about this, and maybe not in a full show setting, but something like this, one of the little tidbits, uh, I'd be more than uh, happy to entertain that idea as well. So... Um, be sure, uh, if you're listening to this on one of them podcatchers, like your iTunes, your, uh, Apple podcasts, uh, um, I use one called pocket casts, but at any rate, you can always hop over to the show and, uh, rate and review that helps with, with all of those. Uh, and, and of course the best way you can, uh, contribute is to, um, you know, let people know that you're listening to the show and that you're enjoying it, uh, amongst your fellow horror fans. So, um, we appreciate that as well. That's enough schmoozing with the audience. Now, now go forth and, and do fun shit. And, uh, I'll talk to you again real soon and we'll do some more of these reviews. Uh, in the meantime, let me know what you're watching and, uh, and I will be back, uh, shortly to do the same. Bye everybody. We all go a little mad sometimes. 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 Devour the 